Morning, team. Nice to be company. Thank you, Anthony. Back with you tomorrow. Dear 700 of the Overnight Show on LBC. Actually, I, I also picked up on the story of the little piglets. And I'll tell you why. Because it appeared in uh, Country Life. And it was in the other week. And I remember mentioning it on the programme. And then we, we had a look at it. So I thought, typical of the Daily Mail to pick up after we did it. And what they said was, be very careful. Because the picture they put in the Daily Mail of the little piglets by a teacup, that, that's little baby piglets when they're born. They grow. They don't grow hugely, but they're certainly a lot bigger than as portrayed in the paper. And 700 quid, it's not bad. A friend of mine just paid 900 quid for a dog. 900 quid. As if you get them cheaper around Shepherd Market. Anyway, news is next. On FM, online and digital. Thank you, Anthony. OK, have a nice day. Sleep well. Hey. You're not being Marmite on toast for breakfast, are you? No. Oh, right. Do you not do Marmite? Uh, Skippy. Sorry. Oh, um, peanut butter. Peanut butter. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, nice. Crunchy or smooth? Smooth. Ah, smooth. He's a smooth man. See you later. He's back with you tomorrow morning. I could eat, do you know, I could eat peanut butter on toast now. In fact, the more I think about it, the more I think, let's, let's say to heck with the programme, let's go home and have peanut butter on toast. Actually, even Marmite on toast. Oh, go on, lie there and go and dream about it. The butter just melting through the bread. And it's lovely in toast. And then you, they put that, that little, not too much. We had somebody here who was doing breakfast for the, um, for the breakfast show team one morning, and they had Marmite on toast, and they put it on like it was jam. I've never, I mean, it would take the roof of your mouth off. I mean, I like Marmite. I like Marmite, but this I couldn't have eaten. I like it just just a little little thin bit. House, oh, Marmite on toast. God. Actually, even cornflakes sound a bit dull, don't they? Marmite on toast or definitely crunchy peanut butter on toast. That I could eat a loaf of bread now, actually. I could absolutely... Or failing that, I could get one of those French... Oh, let's not talk about food. It's making me ill. I'm afraid far too early in the morning to talk about food. Nice kebab would be good, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> could eat a kebab. I could eat a fish finger sandwich. Actually, I could eat anything. Let's not, let's not beat around the bush here. Nice to be company. Welcome along to the uh, programme. As I say, Anthony's back with you tomorrow morning through the night on LBC 97.3. And as London slowly wakes up on a case of Anthony goes to bed... Which is great, isn't it? My driver this morning, I get in, and I always do the same thing in the car. I always do the same thing. I always sort of put, put my head down at the back. I open the window about two inches, because I just like feeling a breeze in the morning. I like that. It's, it's that less than claustrophobic moment. And I love feeling the breeze on my face. And, and I always close my eyes. And that's, that's my time for sort of getting everything straight in my head of what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to do this and do that. And, um, and I get to this set. I'll never say a word to anybody, unless it's Mohammed who I chatted to uh, the other day. And this morning, my driver was called... It's either Jean or Jean. Could be Jean, I suspect. And, um, and so I get out. When I get out, I said, oh, just drop me here. I'll walk through the, the square. And he says, I'll be listening to you later. I said, good lad. It's what we like to hear. So even the drivers are listening, which is, which is always a, a good sign, isn't it? Although, strangely enough... It was very, it was very odd because yesterday, as you know, we've had lots of, we're doing lots of pre-records for the in conversations because grab people while they're there, for the simple reason that at the moment it's the books coming out for Christmas, and we talked to Graham Cole yesterday, who is PC Tony Stamp, and he's King Rat at the moment for the uh, the Grand Order of Water Rats, and we had a great conversation, we had a very very nice time today. We're going to be talking to Honor Blackman. And you'll hear you'll hear, you'll hear all of these over the next uh, few weeks. Graham's got a book out at the moment, which is very good, talking about the people he's worked with, about his time in the mortuary, which we talk about. We talk about his, uh, his parents. We talk about the kid. We talk about everything. We talk about everything. Really, really nice lad. Really, really nice lad. Although he does have a propensity for taking his clothes off. In fact, he kind of almost 
begs you to ask him to take his clothes off. He's a bit John Barrowman, if you get my drift. Because John Barrowman also likes taking his clothes off. But John Barrowman got great reviews the other day. Not for his acting in Carl Joe Fall, but for the way he can sell a song. Because John is a singer, and he sells a song. So when he sings in Carl Joe Fall, I am what I am, he sings it by himself on a stage, and you know... He can sing because he's... Whereas Graham Norton is sort of more, you know, playing it for laughs and all the rest of it. And you know what Graham's like. John is a singer and he sells it very well. And it got uh, a really good review. They said, well done to Carl Joe Fall for keeping it fresh. They did the same with art. Every so often with art, they would bring somebody else in. They'd bring another couple of actors in and we go, oh, we're going to see them. And that kept the show fresh. Over the road from here, I suddenly realised how much money goes into a West End show because Arturo Brachetti is opening at the Garrick Theatre in a few weeks' time. He's a quick-change artist from Italy. And when I say quick-change artist, he makes Dana and Daryl, or whatever their names were on the television, Darnia or something, look like they're amateur beginners. Because he was doing it years before with a show in London called Why. It started off as the letter I and then became Y. And he, he, he changed costumes, you know, at 1.2 seconds. He went on the television, very young, very enthusiastic. And this is a play, but with quick changes in it. He, he, he can actually change from men to women, everything. I mean, really fantastic quick change artist. So yesterday I finished doing uh, the interview with Graham and then faffed around doing some other things. I walk over the road and for the third day running, they're bringing in tons of equipment into this theatre. Obviously, every time a show leaves the theatre, all the lighting goes out. And then all the lighting comes back in again. So obviously each show rents its own lighting. But actually, it's just reminded me, because we were talking to Graham uh, yesterday about doing programmes, and he said at least when he was on the bill, he knew what he was doing. I said, he, he said, a bit like your programme. I said, no, I said, we have no idea what we're going to do. We start in the morning, you know, Gary looks through the papers, or Amanda looks through the papers, I look through the papers, have a cup of tea, mince pie, whatever. But until the red light goes on in the studio, I haven't got the faintest idea... What I'm talking about. I've got no there's, no... there's no plan to it whatsoever. Unless it's a day where we've got guests in. But apart from that, there's, there's no structure. They don't... So, at least you know with sort of breakfast, when, when breakfast with Nick starts, they've got um, a structure to the programme, and he'll say, so-and-so, so-and-so coming up, and here's the paper reviewer, Andrew Pierce or whoever it happens to be. On this programme, until the red light goes on, and I've said goodbye to Anthony, as I say, this morning we start talking about peanut butter on toast. Well, that certainly wasn't in my agenda this morning when I was sitting in the back of the car. I didn't think... I know, this morning I'll do peanut butter on toast, because we're a little bit instant. And we... Uh, it's the, the rundown for the Steve Allen. Perhaps we should do a rundown for the Steve Allen show. Steve Allen, uh, item one, peanut butter on toast, four minutes, 22 seconds. Imagine. Then he'll talk about Marmite on toast. Actually, I have to tell you that the pictures from my holiday, yes, pictures from holiday in Egypt are up on the LBC website. And all you have to do is just type in www.lbc dot co dot uk forward slash steve allen which is s-t-e-v-e-a-l-l-e-n and while you're there you can have a look at uh, all the other stuff there's loads of photos there's tons of photos look at the steve allen ones They're very funny and uh, and that that reaffirms the fact that i went off on my holiday to egypt which actually was queried by richard park the other day i'm no less who said to my boss he said i hear steve allen went to egypt and so the story goes on. I'll have to save it for another time. It's very funny. So go to lbc.co.uk forward slash Steve Allen to have a look at the pictures of Egypt. And then there's all the other stuff, videos, gadgets, film reviews, travel advice, and pictures of Steve Allen. And uh, then there's gadgets that are very popular. And then more pictures of Steve Allen. 
And, in fact, Steve Allen's birthday party, Steve Allen on the town, Steve Allen attempting to stand up, Steve Allen by the front door. And if you have a look at those, it's very good. And we do get more hits through people looking at the uh, the website. You can guarantee, if you mention it at this time in the morning, most of you are reasonably compass mentors. Also, a lovely picture of me with a marrow. Leave that to your imagination. And, uh, and I gave it away. I gave the marrow away. There was, I didn't think there was anything I could do because Jordan was nowhere near the building. And, and I couldn't think of any other person who would qualify for the marrow of the year. And there she is. And am I the only one? I want to put my hands up now. And I, I, and I want to sort of apologise... On, on the podcasting. Oh, how can I forget the podcasting? More people podcast this programme than anything else. In a recent survey, eight out of ten cat owners said their cats preferred the Steve Allen podcast to anything. They wouldn't eat whiskers, they wouldn't eat kitty, nothing. They wanted the Steve Allen podcast. So all the programmes, and from as little as £2 a month, you can podcast everything. And it's not, it doesn't disappear. Once you've got it, you've got it. So if you go away on holiday, as Noreen will tell you, and anybody else, Paul and, and loads of other people, all our, our regular podcasters, uh, you take it with you and, uh, and you enjoy it, which is good. And you can go back years. You can go back years. And especially for all the in-conversations. What was I talking about? I can't remember what I was talking about. What was I saying before you sidetracked me onto the pocket? No, Jordan, I moved away from Jordan. Podcast or something? Oh, crikey. Trust you. Oh, anyway, no, yeah, so anyway. Peanut butter on toast. We've done Marmite on toast. I've lost my running order now completely. Lighting. No, I can't remember what it was. It's just gone completely. You threw me when you said, and podcasts. And I was halfway down a route. So that's the good thing about this programme. You can, you can go just about anywhere. And, oh, yes, yeah, so you've got to check out the pictures of Egypt. We will do the papers. Uh, the sad news is that Matt Lucas has pulled out... Of, um, of the stage show he was in. This is after his uh, ex hanged himself yesterday. Uh, Kevin was very depressed. I don't care what anybody says. They say, and they've asked a number of people, he moved into this flat, and uh, they were saying, oh, it's terribly difficult for him because he's, he's very depressed. Well, all the, all the neighbours said he showed no evidence of this whatsoever. He just got himself a puppy. But as I said to you yesterday, there is no accounting for people who do cocaine and who get themselves into a dreadful situation it gives you it gives you mood swings it gives you there was a woman the other day in the paper i felt immensely sorry for her family because she'd been on a a drug to help her with acne and the drug side effects well not normally the drug side effects but they've discovered recently nine people have committed suicide because it makes them terribly 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 depressed now i've never been terribly depressed you know, everybody has down moments, you know, especially when you move up into London for the first time and you don't know anybody, you can't afford to do anything, it seems that nobody's very friendly. That's why people gravitate to radio stations, because at least you get human people. Nobody talks to anybody outside, do they, unless it's in your particular area. And, um, and drugs, I'm afraid, has that effect on you. It makes you even more depressed. And the amount of uh, cocaine... And I think, I, I firmly believe that's why the relationship split up, because Matt doesn't do drugs, he's not remotely interested. So when you go out with somebody who does do them, it's terribly, terribly difficult. And you can't explain to anybody what it's like and the deep depressions that people get into, that they end up actually taking their own life. And of course, I've always said, it's the coward's way out, because it might be great for you to end your life, but unfortunately you've screwed up everybody else's life. So I see it as immensely selfish, because it just means that you're fine. You know, you can drift off to your own little world. Unfortunately, the people who are left behind are the ones who suffer. They're the ones who have to kind of get through it. And it's not easy. And that's why Matt is sort of uh, holed up at the moment. But he's got lots of friends, he's got lots of support around him. But it can't be easy, can it? It cannot be easy. You can do only so much for people. The other thing is, Kevin wasn't that successful. Matt 
very, very successful. Kevin, not that successful, so he had to sort of, you know, he, he sort of got by and struggled through it, but it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. OK, let's take a short break, shall we? It's 5.15. News headlines. Police should be given more power to alert communities to dangerous criminals in their area. That'll be the message from the Conservatives later, as they look to convince voters they're the party to tackle crime. The former head of Children's Services in Hackney, who lost her job over the baby P tragedy, begins legal action later over the way she was dismissed. And there's a fresh wave of strikes by postal workers in parts of London, ahead of an expected vote in favour of a national walkout. He's walked in with the travel, Hugh Broom. Thank you very much, Steve. Good morning. Kilburn High Road remains closed both ways because of the burst walk. Morning, team. Nice to be company. 18 minutes past five. I suddenly remembered what it is I was going to mention to you. Because there's a story in the paper today. It's Swansea. And, uh, you know, of a night time, Swansea, a little bit rough, you know, around the edges. In fact, more than a bit rough. And uh, so walking along the street, tottering along on, uh, on heels, are two drag queens. You know, in Swansea, nothing unusual there because most of the men aren't that fussy. And anyway, uh, two boozed-up yobs saw them and decided they'd have a bit of fun. So they attacked them. Unfortunately for them, the uh, drag queens turned out to be two cage fighters on their way to a stag do. Now, I don't want to pour scorn on cage fighters, but frankly, everybody is a cage fighter nowadays. G- uh, Gary's a cage fighter. I'm a cage fighter. Steve Campen's one. Anthony Davis is a cage... Everybody's... Have you noticed, every time you open up the papers, there's more cross-dressing cage fighters. Bunch of wusses, ladies and gentlemen. That's what they are. In fact, we had one the other day who was a cage fighter who's been sentenced to prison for 18 years for his part in a robbery. So he's a bit of a naff cage fighter. Then we've got uh, Jordan's cross-dressing cage fighter. He's saying, no, no, well, he doesn't talk like that at all, actually. No, no. And uh, he, is, he doesn't cross-dress. He said it's a publicity stunt that's gone wrong. And she said, no, it's not. He absolutely, I've got pictures of him in women's clothing. Now there's these other two. Perhaps for, for cage fighters, read men who like wearing women's clothing and sleeping with, you know, people of indeterminate sexuality. You know, because they, 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 they quite clearly like dressing up as women. Perhaps it's this, it's this cage fighting. Gary is curious, because he said to me, he said, where do you learn this cage fighting stuff? And I said, well, I presume cage fighting school. I mean, I've got no, I've, I've never seen any adverts. But if you notice, everybody's a cage fighter. Anyway, so these two bloke attacked them. Anyway, it took just three painful seconds for these two drag queen cage fighters to dispense with these two little yobs. Three seconds, they were down on the floor. They never moved again, which is quite good. And then one, having sort of uh, knocked his opponent out, because it's obviously quite quick, they thought they were being really clever, calmly picked up his handbag and walked away. <laughs> I mean, you have to laugh, don't you? Because it, it kind of... I've seen these programmes on the television where these drunken yobs attack the police. Perhaps what we need is a police force made up of cross-dressing cage fighters. Have them standing on street corners dressed as little meek and mild police ladies... And then somebody stuck, yeah, come here, darling. And the next minute, bang, and they're down. It could, you could sort out the yob problem quite quickly. So any cross-dressing cage fighters listening at the moment, come on, girls, come on, join the police force. Be big girl, you know, we'll let you wear a bra and everything else. All you have to do is get out there and we could sort out this problem. Never again would our police officers, all you have to do is send out a couple of police officers with a cross-dressing cage fighter. Problem solved. Leicester Square could be empty by two in the morning. How cool would that be? Yeah, I think you're hard enough. Come on, darling. Bang. Out. 
You know, no mess. And also, just leave them there. Leave them there. Because they won't remember who hit them. Isn't that fantastic? I love this idea. I'm going for it. But I didn't realise that so many cage fighters were a bit, you know, little whoopsie-whoopsies. I had no... I thought they were fairly butch, but apparently not. Uh, 84850, uk. So do check out the Steve Allen pictures. I only... I only ask you to check out the pictures. Because I think that they are representative of Steve Allen in Egypt last week. So it's lbc.co.uk forward slash Steve Allen. And, uh, and then you find me. Oh, I tell you. Oh, do you know? Oh, oh. Uh, what do you give the couple who have everything? My mother used to say penicillin, but I've always said uh, nothing at all. So here they are, the dreary rednaps, Jamie and Louise, who have made history by, by becoming the first couple to, A, bore the pants off the entire country, and secondly, grace the cover of Red. Well, I'm going to have to hold my hands up. I've got no idea what it is. I'm assuming it's a magazine that's desperate for publicity. Because, to be honest, they're the first couple to grace the, the cover. They must be bloody desperate. The only couple worth gracing the cover would obviously be the Beckhams. You don't go for the Rednaps. She looks like she's inhaled an oxygen cylinder. They obviously say, can you try and look sexy? And so she's gone <laughs> like that. And she's got this kind of strange startle look. Whereas he looks like he's wearing more makeup than she is. And apparently there's a full interview with them, and they prefer watching television to clubbing. Bit of a short interview. Stayed in, turned on telly. Went to bed. What a boring couple they are. They're very dreary, Ash. I'm very bored with them. Very bored with both of them. She'll be turning up. I'm also quite bored with Nicola Roberts. Uh, she's in a, a little girly group. Has somebody dipped her in chalk? She's the palest person I've ever seen. I know years ago it was considered quite de rigueur to be pale. If you were dark, it meant that you sort of you worked outside. So if you had a tan years ago, you know, I mean, I'm talking hundreds of years ago, it meant that you worked outside on the land, you were a manual person. And if you were very pale, like poor Nicola, I mean, by God, she's pale, uh, she would be an indoor person, which is very strange. Also, they're now saying in the paper today that Facebook, I think, have got loads of sites against the Irish twins, uh, saying how ghastly they are in X Factor. They won't win. In fact, none of them are going to win. It's going to be one of Simon Cowell's. I think who will win. It's as simple as that. Maybe one of Cheryl. No, noth- nothing to do with Cheryl. She won't have a winner. Louis, definitely not a winner this year. And uh, Danny, pfft, forget. Although we all agree. I was talking to Glennis in Marks and Spencer's yesterday. And even though we thought that most of it was absolute rubbish. And we both agreed that putting the twins through was stupid. And I said, well, they've been put through because they generate interest. They generate publicity. Even though everybody hates them and they've got no talent and they're a bunch of bozos, they're going to generate publicity for the programme. But the frocks that the girls were wearing, the Cheryl Cole frock and the Danny frock, were really, really beautiful. Really beautiful. They must have got them free, because generally on something like that, that, you know, freebie clothes, and they just go, just pick out something here, the designer today is whatever. You pick out what you want to wear. And that's it. But they were both beautiful. But as, as Glennis said, they were arranged when Cheryl was sort of lounging on the cat. Dresses don't go like that. It was spread out and obviously pinned. And they go, don't move. That's why when she was being hugged by that girl, she go, don't listen. She can't move because of the dress. She's, she's demonstrating how nice the dress is. <laughs> but uh, but the, the twins are, are dreadful. Tim says cage fighting is a martial art combining Thai boxing and wrestling. It's a very hard sport. It's poofs, isn't it? Poofs, that's what it is. They get in there, they dress up as women, they go, ooh, slap your face, give me a lipstick and all that kind of stuff. Go, go mincing through Swansea. Nothing butch about it at all, I'm afraid. Uh, and Angela says, that's the way forward for the police force. Because actually, I, I think, I'm sorry, I think that is absolutely the way forward. I'm sick to death of the police having to pussyfoot around. You know, can't touch you. And they get, uh, People taunt the police. 
I'm sorry, put in a cage fighter, one of these mamby-pamby, head-in-the-cloud, arty-crafty, puftery types, smack him in the mouth, go down. End of story. There you go. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Other stories in the uh, paper today, which we'll get round to as it all goes on. Oh, girls' trousers for school, too tight. Now, I don't know if you've actually... I was in Starbucks the other week with Graham. We sort of get our cup of coffee in the morning, and then... There's this girl in there at school. Her dress, her, her little school skirt was so small, she had to keep pulling it down. And I wanted to say to her, excuse me, how much are you charging? Because you don't wear clothes like that. They are inappropriate. If you have to keep pulling your skirt down, it's too small. And what mother lets her girl go out to school dressed like an old brass? Answer, obviously mothers around our way, I'm afraid. But now they're saying that trousers that are too tight... Now, it's okay if you're a slim person. If you're a lardy, and there's many lardies going to school in the morning, having too tight trousers looks from behind like somebody is fighting in a sack of potatoes. Okay, Best not to wear it. Wear something that's attractive. You know, have the blouse outside, make sure your tie looks nice. You know, but trousers that are too tight, I'm afraid, encourage the wrong sort of attention. Don't need to spell it out, but I think mothers should look very carefully and say, listen, that's not appropriate wear. You know, wear, wear trousers by all means, but not that tight. And little tiny short skirts that they have to keep pulling down. I'm sorry, no. We're not working on the Reaper Barn, OK? We're going to school to learn things, although some of them look as though they're not, not really capable of doing that. And also, why have uh, Camelot got a bit excited about a jackpot that's not been claimed? It's only two weeks ago... Two weeks ago. You've got, like, three months, I think, to claim. And this one is for £3.6 million. I'll get it when I'm ready, all right? Don't push me by putting me into the papers and saying, you know, when are you going to claim your £3.6 million? I'll do it when I decide. Not when you decide, I'm afraid. Two weeks ago, and they go, nobody's claimed it yet. Well, perhaps they're not interested. Mark says, have you ever been on a Nile cruise? Would you recommend? Absolutely. Absolutely. Floating past thousands of years of history? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. And some of the, uh, the boats are absolutely fantastic. They really are absolutely fantastic. And they are boats as opposed to ships, which are the ones that go on the ocean. Really, really nice. You'll love it. Absolutely love it. One of my favourite ways of, uh, of having a holiday. Weather for today, I know that Anthony did it earlier on. Clouded. Do you know, honestly, I walked out of the building yesterday, raining again. Every time I'm walking out of the building, it says rain later on. Today, cloudy without breaks of rain this morning. Dry for most of the afternoon. Cooler throughout the day. High 18 centigrade. Currently... 18 centigrade, so it's peaked. In other words, it's not going to get any warmer than it is now. Uh, tonight, cloudy with heavy showers, drying up by dawn. It was way up north, I believe. And, uh, oh, I've done it again. I've, I've left my blooming stuff on the printer upstairs. Am I going stupid? We'll worry about it later. We'll worry about it later, OK? Uh, sunrise is 7-11. Tomorrow, dry with good sunny spells, as opposed to bad sunny spells. Friday, dry with sunny spells. Showers overnight and Saturday and Sunday, bright and breezy, with the odd shower possible. So there you go. That's your weather forecast for today. I'm feeling in such a good mood. I hope it's coming over to you this morning. London's biggest conversation. El- morning, team. Nice to be company. Welcome along. Wednesday morning. In London town, it's Steve Allen's early breakfast show. You are very, very welcome indeed. Do you know, honestly, some people are stupid. Some people are very stupid. There's a bloke here, a pensioner, and he bought a mobility scooter. Now, you've seen them. Anybody can buy these things, and you just poot along the pavement. They're about anything from, I suppose, £199, depending on what sort of wheels you get with them and the battery life. Anyway, he goes to the supermarket, and then, because he wanted to test the horn, he didn't think the horn was loud enough, 
he takes it onto a dual carriageway. So he's pootling down the dual carriageway at eight miles an hour, and he's got a tailback of God knows how many, and um, and the police had to take him up, and they had to escort him off. This man is too stupid for words. Take his scooter away from it. He's quite clearly thick as a brush. They gave the man advice on safer driving and sent him home on a more suitable route. I don't want this idiot out anywhere. You get, so what, what have you done with it, love? Oh, I've taken it out on a, on a dual carriageway. Are you stupid? Uh, yeah. God, unbelievable, isn't it? Thickos. Thick, oh, I tell you. Thickos here. Turned on the Jeremy Carl show yesterday, and there they are. Do they, can they find anybody attractive on that show, or is it just deliberately targeted at the uglies? I mean, I've never seen anybody attractive on that show, including the host. It is full of Britain's ugliest people. Horrible, horrible people. You don't want to get anywhere near. Not nice at all. Mind you, there's somebody here. There's somebody not really listening to this programme at the moment, because this is, um, this is down in uh, Lincolnshire, or up in Lincolnshire. And it's somebody whose dog was uh, just about to give birth to puppies. So you'd think, would you not, that they would help the dog out. No, no, no. They dumped the dog in a bin liner as it was about to give birth and threw it by the side of the road. Consequently, a passerby found the exhausted terrier still in labour. Four newborn pups were with her, three alive and one dead. The animals were rushed to a vet who couldn't save three more unborn pups. The mother died afterwards. And the RSPCA are now hunting this person. It doesn't take too long, does it? They generally find them, and then they'll haul them up in court. You can imagine what they're going to look like, can't you? You just know the sort of person who would do this. It's not going to be a kindly old lady with white hair and a cup of tea and a knitting needle in one hand, is it? It's going to be some old thug who's going, oh, bloody dog, kick it out. It'll be somebody vile. And then I think, I should bring back hanging, I think. Far too rational, I know, for most people, but to be honest with you. I mean, why can't we be like uh, a man here who bought, who, who, sorry, who caught a monster skate. Now, I've seen skate, but these are these rays. And this one was picked up out of the Irish Sea. It's a record. Took three of them to get it in. Weighs 270, no, 227 pounds. The skipper, Hamish Curry, says uh, it would have actually provided 300 plates of skate and chips. 300 plates of it. So what he's done, they, they threw it back. He said, this thing will fight another day. It's huge. I mean, it's absolutely enormous. It looks like 10 feet across, at least 10 feet across. It's huge. And you think, what else is in the ocean that we're not aware of? There must be loads of stuff down there that you've got no idea. Ridiculous. Uh, Jill says, how could you collect your lottery? You're in Egypt. Well, that's what I said. I said, I'll actually, I'll decide when I want to go and collect my, my lottery winnings. That's it. And Anne says, cross-dressing, cross-dressing street fighters, cage fighters, to sort out crime. Great. <laughs> uh, Pauline Woodford, long-time listener. Love the show, which is good. And, um, and Tom says, uh, oh, that's a shame. No, wait, we always get over it. We, always get over, we live to fight another day, Tom. We live to fight another day. Easy. Not if you're uh, travelling on a on a coach from National Express. There was a lady on a coach the other day. She was so shocked at what she saw, she took a photograph of it. And what it is, it's a National Express driver who's alleged to have steered with his arm at one point as he repeatedly looked down at a book he was reading. As he's driving along, he's reading a book. 
Nurse Sue Chamberlain snapped him on three occasions on the trip from Poole in Dorset to London's Victoria. Coach chiefs have suspended him. Suspend? I'd have kicked him out of the company. Reading a book? Do these people realise that, you know, you've got the life of the passengers behind there? So he steered the coach while he's reading the book. Bit worrying, isn't it? And they've suspended him pending an inquiry. What's that? What do you think a photograph is, you know? Oh, dear. Bit worrying, isn't it? Little bit worrying. Another one here. This is another one, actually, of, uh, of a yob who's uh, a worldwide laughingstock after a film of him becoming decked, or being decked, became an internet hit. He's seen hurling abuse at a man on his doorstep and trying to goad him into a fight, unaware that his victim is a martial artist. Amazingly, the man remains calm until the yob kicks over a dustbin. He then floors the attacker with a lightning-fast jab, then stands over him. The gobsmacked yob's had enough and flees in Merseyside. Apparently, somebody wrote on there, absolute restraint and one swift blow, one sad little chav. Lovely, actually. I'm amazed that somebody filled it. I think he's a cage fighter. I think he's another cage fighter. They just decided they probably use the word too often. Because we're all cage fighters. Ashley Table's a cage fighter. Richard Park, he's a part-time cage fighter. Everybody round here. I think we should go to cage fighting school because, you know, it's okay. But, uh, you know, everybody's doing it. Perhaps we'll have to think of something else, won't we? I feel a bit sorry for some poor postman. He spent all his life saving stamps. He had a, a big stamp collection. Two million. Just before he's about to sell them, he dropped dead. I mean, you know, <laughs> be, be sad if it wasn't funny, I suppose, at the same time. But uh, they, they reckon there's a chance of finding a good few hidden gems. A little bit like um, somebody's record collection, which is coming up for auction very shortly. There'll be a few little gems in there, and then the rest of it will disappear. I see that David Beckham can't actually be bothered to uh, shave now. He's not sponsored by a company. Honestly, does everything this man do? Is it, is it just for money? So now he's just sort of, he's just unshaven. And um, he apparently flew into Heathrow for Saturday's World Cup qualifier against Ukraine. He's wearing one of the, he looks a little bit like the old Hovis advert. I suppose you put a hat on when you can't be bothered to do your hair. Kind of go, I think I put a hat on today. Can't actually be bothered to do it. Can't be bothered. Uh, how can I get in touch with actors? Is there a direct number to them, says Marilyn. Don't be so stupid, of course there's not. Just keep loonies like you away from them. No, you write, it depends who you want to contact. You find out where they're working. If they're working for, you know, television company, you write to the television company. If they're working in the theatre, you write to the theatre. It's not, not brain science, is it, for Christ's sake? Uh, Daily Star today, Lucas's ex blew £2 million on drugs and booze. Uh, Jordan and Pete split just to fix, they're saying. They could be back together at Christmas. If it turns out to be a, a cheat, we've all said that uh, we'll be getting rid of both of them very, very fast. And poor old Liam Gallagher. Poor soul. He, he was going to launch a clothing range. But sadly, it's been slated by unimpressed fans. So uh, they're not going to be buying it. That's good news, isn't it? Uh, calls to outlaw burkas. You don't need to wear them. They just look stupid, I'm afraid. You don't need to wear them. It's not necessary. It doesn't say anywhere you have to, to do it. it. doesn't say anywhere at all. Katie Price and Peter Andre, as I say, could be back together by Christmas or so. Punters reckon. Mind you, shocked Peter last night, begged Kate to keep her cross-dressing lover away from his children. Because, I mean, you don't want him sort of turning up and they go, and this is my boyfriend and this is him as a woman, children. Don't want to do that. My sister-in-law... Bought uh, Liam Gallagher's coat, this is Gary, uh, for my brother's birthday. I've had to send it back because it's massive. Aren't they supposed to be massive? Aren't they supposed to be... Is it? Are they not supposed to be fairly big? Oh, it's for somebody twice the size. <laughs> right. How much was it? Are they expensive or are they... They're quite, quite pricey, isn't it? You have to pay... Troubles, I wouldn't buy anything from the Gallaghers. 
Naffos, they are. Probably cage fighters in a previous existence, I should imagine. They look as though they were cage fighters. I do like the idea that poor old Chris Evans turned up to do a book signing. Five people turned up. Bit like a Peter Andre gig. A little bit like a Peter... At the moment, Pete, you know, when you, you know, we know you've got your show starting, but once all that's over, we've had enough of both of you. you really have. The Osbournes turned up to a do the other day, which was uh, lovely. He still looks like she's his carer. I don't care what anybody says. You know, she's holding him up, keeping... Ooh, he's a bit like that, isn't he? And here they are, the girls allowed. Kimberly Walsh wearing... I don't know where you get that dress from, love, but it's not you at all. Poor Nicola uh, Roberts, who looks like a ghost. And... Uh, and that Tess Daly, who's just, I don't know, it's a bit naff, I'm afraid. Anton Dubeck, Tony Beak, frozen out uh, by his Strictly Come Dancing co-stars. They went to a showbiz bash without him. Uh, my advice is, Tony, stay well away from anything showbizy, because uh, already they're up to just under 300 complaints uh, from the BBC. And uh, they're going to appear, I think, Anton and uh, Layla uh, are going to be appearing... Uh, on their Strictly Come Dancing thing on BBC Two, I think with Claudia Winkleman this coming Friday, where he'll be attempting to apologise again. I'm sorry, I'm not buying it. I am not buying it one iota. Uh, it's racist talk, and if you don't see that, you're... Sh- My God, is that how much this stuff is from Pretty Green? The Black Parker. You can own a numbered, limited edition of the coveted Pretty Green Parker in black. Uh, Liam Gallagher is the first edition. Paul Weller has the second. £245, and each Parker has the edition number clearly marked on the custom-designed garment tag. Keep this tag as proof of your Parker's authenticity. <laughs> How naff. How naff. You wouldn't wear that, would you? Oh, he would. He'd wear that. He'd buy this. I can tell by the way shaking his head. He'd wear this stuff. I bet he's got a wardrobe full of a... Uh, keep the tag. Keep the tag. He's worth money in years to come. I can just... I don't know why. I've just got this feeling that he's got some of this stuff in his wardrobe. <laughs> I wouldn't wear it. I don't do designer stuff, strangely enough. I don't know why. I just, just, yes. Apart from my P Diddy shirt, yes. I mean, um, and yes. But the rest of it is is M and S. I'm quite quite a casual sort of dresser. I don't sort of, you know, I, I can't sort of carry it off. Steve, I'm a cage fighter. There's not a hamster I can't beat. <laughs> That's true, actually. Perhaps they're all on wheels inside. Perhaps why they all look a bit peculiar. D says, I'd like to drag the person who left the dogs up the M1 tied to the back of a very fast car. Hope they find him and throw him in jail. Where was the ticket bought? Inverness. Inverness, I bought it. And it was a cold, wet Tuesday. And I bought the ticket and I thought, that's a winner. That's a winner. Jessie Wallace, uh, apparently, uh, people now say she's too obsessed with dieting. Doesn't alter the fact she's naff, I'm afraid. Really doesn't alter the fact. And uh, what else today? She's got a very a nice coat here from George at Asda. Uh, it's got fu- it's fully lined, tabbed sides. I don't know what that means. With wool, so in other words, it's not all wool. It's just wool with wool. Modelled by Kate, healthcare assistant and Bronya care assistant, and it's fifteen quid. The trouble is, if you buy clothes like this from Georgia Asda, there's a very good chance you're going to be standing at the bus stop and somebody's wearing exactly the same coat. That's the reason that people don't. My advice always was years ago for ladies: if you want to buy a nice jacket, you go and buy one from, say, Marks and Spencers, and you change the buttons. So, in other words, if you just cut the buttons off and put new ones on, it changes a, a, a rather plain chain store jacket into something a bit more you. So that was always the advice, and I got that from a, a very well-known designer who said, "There's nothing I could do. I could do fashion hints actually on this program. Epaulets are coming back in again. That's very good. But if you buy the George Master, fifteen quid, very good value. But everybody else has got, especially if it's in a pattern. If it's plain, 
it's okay. I mean, Hugh Broom can get away with some of this stuff because it's plain. But if you wear a pattern and somebody else wears patterns, the epaulettes four, they're on the shoulders. And what they were four years ago is in the army, you rolled your cap up and you put it under your epaulettes or failing that your gloves went under your epaulettes. I just keep an old handkerchief under there. So occasionally when you feel your nose running, a quick blow, which is much easier. So epaulettes, those little things on the top of your shoulders. But you remember, you know, everybody went through a phase of shoulder pads. Everybody loved shoulder pads. And I, I've got a couple of jackets with shoulder pads in, because otherwise most of our shoulders go down. But the advice is, if you're going to buy chain store stuff, don't buy anything that's patterned. Buy plain. Plain you can get away with. Patterned, you're going to bump into somebody somewhere who's going to go... I've got one exactly the same as yours. And you're going to go, so you have. How lovely. 84850, steve at It's early breakfast and it's quarter to six. This is LBC 97.3. News headlines. Police should be given more power to alert communities to dangerous criminals in their area. That'll be the message from the Conservatives later as they look to convince voters they're the party to tackle crime. The former head of children's services in Hackney, who lost her job over the Baby P tragedy, begins legal action later over the way she was dismissed. And there's a fresh wave of strikes by postal workers in parts of London, ahead of an expected vote in favour of a national walkout. With the travel for you this morning, get you there nice and quick. You broom. Thank you very much, Steve. Good morning. If you're heading into Brixton, Atlantic Road is closed. Morning team, I'm a cross-dressing cage fighter. I'm with you this morning on LBC. You can't actually see me cross-dressing, but we'll have to get pictures done and we'll put them up on the uh, internet. So, not bad. Uh, at, at the moment, yes, we'll have to get the camera You uh, You can look at my pictures of me on holiday in Egypt if you go to lbc.co.uk forward slash Steve Allen. Great legs I've got. Actually, I'm lucky. I'm a bit John Barrow in the leg department. Quite, you know, quite, quite slender legs. I'm not sort of, you know, I'm not sort of thunder thighs like Nick Ferrari would be or stick insect like uh, O'Brien would be. I mean, because you're never going to actually put him forward for, for, for cross-dressing. Please, God, not. Please, God, not. Um, shame on GMTV, I'm afraid. They're a rather useless reporter. Jonathan Swain, obviously a man with a foul mouth. Uh, what do they do on television, which you should never do? Bungee jump. Why? Because people scream as they go down. Not Jonathan Swain. He uses the F word twice while young children are watching. Uh, family groups have called for him to be fired for being unprofessional. The man's an idiot, of course. And shame on GMTV. They're that desperate to try and get an audience back again. Failing miserably, I'm afraid, with uh, lacklustre performances. A bungee jump live on television, and he uses the F-word going down and the F-word going back up again. A rather stupid amateur reporter. But there you go. That's GMTV for you. Mind you, not half as bad as turning on yesterday and discovering um, on Alan Titchmarsh's show that uh, they're still using that Ashley Pearson, or as I call her, the reject from Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, because she looks like she's just a little bit scary, the face is a bit scary, the, uh, the sort of the strangely curled hair. It is Betty Davis, and it's there, and she, doesn't, doesn't, she only obviously goes to the internet and finds out stuff, kind of stuff you could all find out. few people have been found out over the years, and I think she's one of them. Useless, absolutely useless. And they had her on there. And then miming again, the Nolans! Good old Colleen, dragging her weary carcass around, you know. And this time doing the oot-oot bits. So I reckon the concerts are going to be mimed. I can't see them singing live for a topic. They looked exhausted after one pitiful effort, I'm afraid. Carter says cage fighting looks incredibly brutal and barbaric. Saying that, all that grappling is questionable. The different positions that they get into. I know. You see, I used to think that. Did you ever see uh, wrestling on television? Very gay, very gay wrestling. It was a lot of, OK, I'm going to pin you down to the floor and lie on top of you. 
and we all had to look the other way. My mother used to turn the television off. Giant haystacks falling on top of some poor weedy bloke. And the crowd would be shouting obscenity, oh, boo, and all this kind of stuff. I think cage fighting is the same. It's just men who sort of think they look fairly butch. They obviously want to get together with other men, and the only way they can do it is by sort of hand-to-hand combat, you know. I think cage fighter is, is the new buzzword. It is, I mean, we are all cage fighters. If you've just woken up, you're a cage fighter too. Because every time you open up the papers, cage fighters. You ca- Matt Harris is a cage fighter. Michael Trabulsi on the news day, he's a cage fighter. He's, a, he's only an amateur cage fighter. The rest of us are sort of, John Cushing's a cage fighter. Matthew Schofield wanted to be a cage fighter, but it's not, not quite his sort of thing. Uh, and Kit says, love the pictures of Egypt. Looks like you've lost some weight. If I didn't know any different, I would have thought those pictures were fake. Disgraceful. What a disgrace. Absolutely outrageous suggestion. Outrageous. Which, that, that's going straight to the solicitors there. And then Katie says, I like your dodgy holiday photos. You look more like Ricky Gervais on the back of a donkey than you. I don't think we'll start that kind of talk. Was Stevie Wonder your photographer? Hello? What's everybody picking on me this morning? I just merely directed people to the new pictures of my holiday on the LBC website, lbc.co.uk forward slash Steve Allen, and all of a sudden people are picking on me. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Uh, Another one here. Let's let's have a quick look at the, the Daily Mail. We don't tend to look at it normally. They're talking about the tragic truth behind the suicide of Little Britain's uh, Matt Lucas's husband, Kevin. Uh, they split up after not very long, actually. And um, not very long at all, mainly because of his, his drug taking. And if somebody's got a drug habit or a drink habit or emotional problems you, and you, you offer to help and you do as much as you can, then and you can do no more. And he had been in rehab, he had been to therapy, but unfortunately if somebody is addicted to cocaine or they're addicted to prescription drugs or they're, you know, addicted, I suppose it can be, it can be cigarettes, can't it? If somebody's addicted to cigarettes and you're not a, um, a smoker, that can be equally difficult. But if somebody's addicted to a drug that can make you depressed and go into huge depressions, in fact the depression can be so much that you end up taking your own life. Because I've said before, there's thousands of people who have depression. You know, everybody goes for a, a, you know, a moment where you go, oh, dear, what a dreadful day. No money in the bank, shan't answer the door for ages, won't be opening any envelopes. You know, that can be a form of depression. But it's really got to take it to another stage where you seriously think that the best way out, and Kevin wrote, you know, Kevin's better off dead. And somebody wrote to him and said, why? You know, why would you think that? You can't talk to somebody. If they want to do it, they'll do it. It's as simple as that. You know, it's, you, know you, you get people before who've attempted suicide, but then they don't quite go through with it. And they've said, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And they never do it because it's their sort of way of either gaining attention or failing that people have to fall around them. Because you can't watch somebody 24 hours a day, can you? They're going to do it, then they're, they're going to do it, I'm afraid. Um, um, I'm sorry you misunderstood my question about the, uh, but the actors' phone numbers. Is there a directory? Somebody told me the name. I've forgotten. I guess you have a directory to their agents. And, um, uh, what? Like what? What sort of... Di- it's called the what pages? Red pages. What's that? Well, have you even heard of red pages? Is that a directory? What, of all the celebrities? I've never even heard of it. Red... I've been in the... Oh, it's very secret. Oh, it's so secret, nobody's ever heard of it. That's why it's... Does it exist, or we just made that up? Oh, right. I've never even heard of it. I've seen Celebrity Bulletin, but it's not available to uh, to the likes of that person at all. There's no sort of directory where you get sort of, you know, celebrities' home numbers, because they have to keep all the cranks away. 
you know, because you don't want to... You know, I mean, you, you would know, because what you do is... You, I mean, I've got lots of celebrities' phone numbers, because every time somebody comes in, you have to get hold of them again, but you certainly don't, uh, you don't pass it out to ordinary people. God, no. Far too many loonies out there. Thank you very much indeed. Can somebody explain to me, because the Blairs have bought another house, and uh, this... T- so they've now got... Sherry's paid a million pounds cash for a muse house that will be property number six. On their first one which is, strange enough, in County Durham, a four-bedroom property. It was bought for £30,000. The mortgage on it was 90000 The Blairs have never fully explained to the media why it's three times the cost of the house. <laughs> so it's a £30,000 house, but their mortgage was 90000 Hello? I mean, I'm assuming that they spent a lot of money on it, having it done up. But then no, no mortgage company is actually going to go, it's 30000 Oh, by the way, have ninety. He'd only just been uh, elected in 1983. So there was no, uh, no uh, prior knowledge of what his future earnings would be. Actually, most of their, their stuff hasn't gone up at all, I'm afraid. Uh, the Muse House, same price. The Panoramic in Bristol. This was the buy-to-let city flat bought with the aid of that con man, Peter Foster. You remember Peter Foster and the Bylin Tea? Closely linked, of course, at one point to Samantha Fox. Most of their, their stuff is worth... I think the same, the Connaught Square house, 3.65 million, now worth 3.7, so it's gone up half a million. And the mortgage on it is 3,467,000. The mortgage on the South Pavilion, which is uh, at Wooden Underwood in Buckinghamshire, which was the home owned by Sir John Gielgud, their mortgage is supposed to be four million. Good God, they've got mortgages coming. They've got about £10 million worth of mortgages here. No, about seven or eight, actually. Even so, that's a heck of a lot, isn't it? Seven million pounds worth of mortgage, and uh, Boris—they're going to be talking about with Nick Ferrari this morning. Um, and uh, because Nick Ferrari will ask uh, whether or not Mayor Boris's plans for re-election would continue, will he? Won't he? Will he go for it again? Uh, and would London miss him? Absolutely. People like Boris. He's funny. He's nice. He's good. He doesn't waste any time and faff around with doing things. I like Boris. I think he's good. So uh, they'll be talking about that this morning. And surprise, surprise, it'll be former Mayor Ken Livingstone. Do we have to say that for the rest of his life? Former Mayor Ken... Good God. It'll be forever and a day. But uh, Lynn Foldswood will be looking at the papers. Broadcaster and President of European Cancer Patient Coalition. And um, they're also talking today, because there was a row the other night, Boris Johnson attacked Jeremy Paxman over his pay. And it's very interesting. The unscreened exchanges are said to have included a section where the mayor, whose post pays around 140000 pointed out that uh, Londoners could see how much he earned while TV personalities are not subject to the same levels of openness. And, of course, Paxman earns around a million pounds a year. And he's quite right. You know, everybody knows how much the Prime Minister earns. Everybody knows how much Boris Johnson earns. But a celebrity like Jeremy Paxman, you say, how much are you earning? He goes, well, nothing. Well, come on, how much do you earn? And it's about a million quid a year. A million pounds a year. You're paying for it. Because it's the BBC. You remember the BBC, the double standards BBC. That's the BBC who fire Carol Thatcher for apologising after using a remark and then saying afterwards, well, it was, it was just a joke. And yet hang on to the P word with um, Tony Beak, Anton Dubeck, uh, because he apologised, even though he said it was just meant in fun. Obviously, his standards of fun are completely different. And Alison Pearson today is putting them to task and saying he's got to go. It's as simple as that. It's LBC. Hey, boss, you know you said we need to look around for better price. Morning, team. Nice to have your company. Welcome along. Steve Allen's early breakfast. Lynn says, I bought a very pretty dress for a night at a show and dinner. Horror of horrors. Another lady 
with the same frock. What made it worse, I was 22, she was at least 65. Oh dear. Not good. Not good at all. Oh, Kate McCann is planning, planning to return to uh, Praia de Luz in Portugal again. I don't know what, what the answer is. You're probably thinking the same as many other people. Leave it, but she can't. And inhalers are not working for one in ten children. This country, on prescription, go to France, buy them over the counter. Simple as that. That's for people with asthma. News is next. It's LBC. On FM, online and digital radio. D-Rex, it could be Spotlight. You may find a copy in the library or online, but that doesn't tell you who they handle. It just tells you who the agents are. You know, if you want to find, if you want to write to a celebrity, you generally write to where they're working at that particular time. In answer, Mike, in Northwest 2, uh, the answer is 168,000. 168,000. Okay, in answer your two question. And 50p, the producer says, but that's, that's his, his bit of it, I think. 168. Um, if I was Victoria Beckham's psychiatrist, I'd order her to stay out of the glare of the limelight, says Angela. She ain't got what it takes. The trouble is, and I've said this before, Angela, that some people are addicted to celebrityism. In other words, they're addicted to people going, oh, quick, pictures taken, pictures taken. They, they, I don't know what it is. It's, um, you just get used to it. I'd hate it. Absolutely hate it. Can you imagine? People following about all the time, taking pictures of you. And you're thinking, oh, dear. I mean, it would just be a nightmare. If you want to be anonymous... It's perfectly easy in this day and age to be anonymous. You see all the people who turn up on red carpets. Yesterday it was Latoya Jackson, balmy as a brush, of course. And, and she was out there having pictures taken. You think, you're not really living in a real world. Because you leave that. As, as Graham Cole said to me yesterday, and you'll hear that for an in-conversation very shortly, this week's in-conversation is Debbie Allen. Now, you remember Debbie Allen? Cast your mind back. OK. Fame. Fame. OK. And uh, she sort of produced it, put it together, and uh, we had a great conversation. She was in London a short while ago, and I recorded the interview. So you'll be hearing Debbie Allen this weekend. So if you're a lover of fame, we've got a lot to talk about in that department, because it seems that everybody's obsessed with it. With fame. And that's what people want nowadays. You, you turn up on, on the red carpet, you'll look at a lot of people having their pictures taken. You've got no idea who they are. And they've got no idea who they are either. They might just have appeared in Hollyoaks for three episodes, and that entitles them to sort of glam themselves up. It's only the instantly recognisable people that you go, oh, that's so-and-so. But they just generally sort of turn up, thank you, go inside, and then slip out the back door again, which is much easier. Uh, Francesca says, as a mother, uh, like Kate McCann, I could never rest. I know, it's, but it's, it's the publicity, isn't it, that people are getting a bit bored with. There's always, there was always that question. There's always that question. If... You know, her daughter turned up now. And she has to cling to that fact that she's alive out there. It'd be ridiculous to think anything else. But uh, if, 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 it's always the big ifs, you know. Oh, look, here's a little gypsy girl over there. So all the press fly out there. Turns out to be, you know, that's her mother, for goodness sake. And people just, people just waste time. They've wasted millions trying to find this, this child. If she walked around here now, she could walk in Leicester Square now. And I wouldn't have the faintest idea, I'm afraid what she would look like now, because people change. You don't even know if she's speaking it. You don't know anything. That's the trouble. We know nothing. And they live with that moment that they decided to go off for dinner, and they'll live with that for the rest of their their life, I think. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. No, oh dear, check your facts again. You do get the, the buffoons this morning on the 8319s. Uh, Carol did apologise. It's on record. Go check it out on Google. Uh, 84850, 
Steve, do you know why Wooden Dubeck is presenting Hole in the Wall? Bring back Dale. I totally agree. Especially now after Tony Beek's other embargo into the sort of um, little foray into the world of press. I think the next time we see him, he's, t- he's keeping a very low profile at the moment, and very wise too. Very wise too. Most other people would have gone out there and sort of blazoned it, brazened it out, but uh, he appears to have gone into hiding, except on uh, this Friday when he's going to be on television talking about it. He'll probably end up making money out of it in the end. Uh, please wish Lisa a very happy birthday from Teresa, so, and anybody else celebrating their birthday today. Many, many, many happy, uh, happy returns of the day. Uh, Johnny says, I'm so pleased that cross-dressing is now in the public domain. Just about to go to the gym, but obviously have to wear my full Barbara Cartland number. Later on in the cab, I go for the Prime Minister Jean Brodie. Look with a dab of lavender behind the ear. That's quite a good look, actually. We like the look of uh, the Prime Minister Jean Brodie. And strange enough, I quite like the Barbara Cartland look. Incidentally, if you wonder why we're talking about cross-dressing and cage fighters this morning, it's because everybody, every time you open up the papers, there's a story about cage fighters. In fact, it's the new, it's the new job to have. Forget Strictly Come Dancing and racist uh, dancers and stuff like that. No, no, no. Cage fighters. And many of them do wear women's clothing because they're obviously very frustrated and that's why they want to wrestle with other men in a cage and hold hands and pin each other to the floor and dance round with them and then pretend that they're butch. Okay, that's what it is. I know you do, you know, you think that this is terribly dangerous. It's not. It's a way of butch men actually sort of asserting their feminine side and being able to hold other men and pretend it's under the guise of a sport. Because that's all we see on the television now. That's all we see, I'm afraid, is, is cage-fighting people. I've never actually seen it, so I've got no idea. Danny, late of Hale's Horrors, says, Thank you for your fashion tips. I should be changing all the buttons on my suits so I won't look like anyone else, which could cause a fashion faux pas when I'm cage-fighting. Actually, Danny, if anybody was going to cage-fight, you would be it. You would be the one I would nominate for cage-fighting. I wouldn't do it, because I just don't look good in lycra at all. Roughly the same as Graham Cole, who we talked to yesterday, who did appear on Hole in the Wall, and it was filmed up in Glasgow, and he did wear lycra. A little bit. He, he could be, Graham could be a cage fighter as well. I should have, the only thing I never asked, I never, honestly, they walk out the building and I think, oh, I wish I'd asked about that. But he was another one. We've had, you know, we get loads of people in who do the in-conversations, and they all can go longer than the hour. They all start off by going, oh, oh what are we going to talk about? Victor Spinetti was a classic example I mean, we'd barely scraped the surface, <laughs> and it was time to go. And so you'll hear, you've heard that one. And Vince Hill as well. Now Graham Cole, on a Blackman later on today. But they'll all be coming up on In Conversations. Uh, here's these little piglets, which they say are going to be the new pets. You can house train piglets. I didn't realise you could actually house train. These are little ones, and they come from uh, Little Pigs Farm in Christchurch in Cambridgeshire. Uh, these little piglets, they're not as small. They've got them pictured by a teacup. These are ones who've just been born. They do go bigger. They stand about 14 inches tall. Um, when they're fully grown, they weigh about uh, 65 pounds. They're about 700 pounds each, cash money. 700 pounds. They're very easy to toilet train, don't make much noise. And once they've bonded with you, they're very loving. They're actually very clean. They never mess in their bedding and they're adorable. Micro pigs make good pets for those with allergies, as their skin is similar to ours and they grow hair rather than fur. They're crosses of miniature pot-bellied pigs with Tamworths, Coon Coons and Gloucester Old Spots. And to be honest with you, I think they're really cute. 
I've always liked that people go, oh, dirty pigs. They're not actually. Pigs are terribly, terribly clean. And, of course, you're not going to be eating this one, are you? You're, not, you're going to be keeping it as a pet. So that would be the idea. £700. I think that's quite reasonable. I've seen people... I said a, I knew a friend, somebody the other day, just bought another dog. Well, I think it's Pete, actually, uh, a friend of mine. And I think he's paid £900. Nine, it's for... Um, oh, I had it on the tip of my tongue a minute ago. It's a dog called... We'll have to go to the headlines. I'll have to think about it. I'm trying to... Oh, it's a Sharpe. A Sharpe. You don't know what a Sharpe is, do you? You think it's one of those writers that comes in different colours. That's a Sharpie. OK, so 6.15. News headlines, Matthew Schofield. The former head of Children's Services at Haringey Council is due at the High Court. Linfolds Woods joins Nick Ferrari after 7 o'clock this morning to take a look at the uh, papers. So I've decided, actually, I want to adopt a little pig now. Apparently, they actually get 60 emails and 40 phone calls a day from potential owners. And what they do is they actually check you out on Google Earth. They want to make sure that you've got the right facility to look after one of their little piglets, because they're not going to give it to somebody who's living in a council flat, are they, with no room outside? They're going to want to make sure that you're going to look after it properly. They're not little trophy things. They're not like, you know, Jerry Halliwell stuffing her dog in a purse or something. I hate people who walk around with dogs in their pockets and... Things that are stuffed down the front of their coats. They're dogs. They walk. Take them out. Make them walk. Very soon they'll have no use for legs. Then they become snakes. What interesting. Commonly used inhalers. Big problem for a lot of people. A friend of mine <laughs> has inhalers on prescription. And I promise you, hasn't had a, um, a, an asthma attack <laughs> since he was 14. But he's, he's now addicted to the Ventolin inhalers. And a study has now suggested that a gene mutation makes them ineffective for about 130,000 youngsters. And these are children who are already more vulnerable to attacks, twice as likely not to respond to the drug. These are these blue inhalers. They've not changed for years. Strange enough, here, prescription, France and a lot of other places uh, abroad, you can go and buy them over the counter. So a friend of mine who uh, do suffer with asthma, whenever they go abroad, they buy as many as they can and bring them back. Because it's the, it's the only thing to do. Uh, so if, if you've got a problem, they're, they're, they're talking about this at the moment, and they're saying, go back to your doctor. And also, you should keep a, a check and a track of how often your child uses the inhalers. And if they use them more than three times a week, then take them to their doctor or asthma nurse to have their symptoms reviewed. OK. You have been told. More on uh, Matt Lucas, who's, uh, who's had to pull out of the Joe Orton play at the moment. Um, suffering very badly. He actually... Uh, poor Matt's been through just about everything. You know, people have thrown everything at him. And uh, then he gets married to Kevin. Uh, Kevin's um, suicide, I think, knocked him sideways. You just don't expect it, even though they weren't together. And I think Matt was coming to terms with it and he was in a much better place. He'd said that. He said, I'm in a much better place than I was a short while ago. But then, you know, when somebody you know that well takes their own life, it's, it's always difficult for most people to, to try and cope with it. So he's, he's retreated into himself. He will emerge as indeed to most people. But that's what I said before. That's what drugs do nowadays. And people kind of dismiss it. It's become a joke, hasn't it, really? You know, somebody does cocaine or somebody does this. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't know anybody who does heroin or chases the dragon, but I know people who do cocaine. And they, be and they become different people. They seem to have a different circle of friends. They're normal friends. They kind of push to one side and they now go out with friends and they all do cocaine at the same time. And what starts off as that, as that weekend... Um, you know, do it on a Friday night, do it Saturday night, and then try and get yourself together for the Sunday night. Now it turns out to be, if you've got a meeting in the morning, you can take a little bit before you go to work. And the city was absolutely awash with it. 
probably still is now. I should imagine there's lots of people who, who cannot get through the day without cocaine. They're saying that Kevin was getting through £250 worth a day. I've got no idea how much that would be in terms of grams, but whatever it is, it seems like an awful addiction, doesn't it? Even for uh, even sort of people who are on drink and c- cigarettes, just as bad. What sort of person buys a Sharpe, says D, trying to make a, a macho statement? No, these things, are, these are like pussycats. These are like absolute, like pussy. These things are just, they just wander, they're certainly not, um, they're not fighting dogs. Well, these ones don't look like them. And um, Mike says, so Paxman, uh, yeah, yes, does. Frightening, isn't it, really? But there you go. Adam says, I haven't laughed for a week till the dog snake comment. <laughs> Will these pigs be kept on leads and taken for walks in the park? Will we see them walking around the supermarket? Yes. Yes. I should have. You will do. Of course you will. Because people say, that's the thing to have. It's like, we have designer hairstyles. You have designer toys at Christmas. People saying, I've got to have that particular toy. I don't know what we're going to have this year. I've got no idea. Alison Pearson talks about it strictly so cynical. When is a racist remark not a racist remark when the BBC want to keep the person that made it? Carol Thatcher, similarly sacked from the one show for an off-screen comment in which she mentioned a tennis player she didn't know looked like. Now we find out that uh, Tony Beak saw his partner, Leila Ruas, after she had a spray tan and said, oh, you look like, um, and used the P word. This follows an earlier witticism of which Anton wondered if the actress who has a Moroccan father and Indian mother was a terrorist. And Alison says, the rest of the country are thinking the same, Deary me, Dubik, maybe nimble and graceful of movement, but off the dance floor, the Burke wears size 14 clodhoppers. Perfect for putting his feet in it. It's no good apologising. I'm sorry, you just cannot say it, as, as my producer said earlier on. So if I bump into Tony Blair and punch him in the face and go, oh, I'm terribly sorry, you know, I just I don't like you. Sorry, sorry, sorry. If you say sorry, that apparently covers it. No, it does. Just a bit of fun. Only a bit of fun there. No, it doesn't cover it at all. It really doesn't, I'm afraid. I don't think so, anyway. And um, you know the two teenagers yesterday, talking about people who've had uh, depression. These, uh, this is uh, Neem Lafferty and Georgia Rowe. And she's said to have warned social workers, one of them, that she would take her own life. And again, social workers, hello, can't hear anything, can't hear anything. Blooming useless. Absolutely useless. I get more stories in the papers about social workers, even over and above cage fighters at the moment, and social workers who don't seem to spot... You know, children who are at risk, children who are vulnerable, children who are having breakdowns, because they can't cope with anything nowadays. We coped with it. We went through everything. We managed to emerge the other side. Nowadays, they're just weak, I think. Weak and ineffectual. They've got no idea how to cope with it. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. Look at that woman the other day. Woman. That mentally ill person who stubbed her cigarettes out on the back of her child. And then sort of go, you know, you're going to prison for nine months. Couldn't care less. You know, that's the extent of it. You look at this fat, ugly pig and you think, oh, you know, there's got to be some sort of deterrent. There's nothing. Absolutely nothing at all. Barbara says, a little piggy sounds a cute pet. Won't have swine flu, will it? No, it's not big enough to get swine flu. Also, what does Sir Richard Dannett do as constable of the Tower of London? He gets a very, very nice apartment and, and he gets to stay in one of the most haunted buildings in the country. And it's also the most historic. God, can you imagine being constable of the Tower of London? I've, I've said that if, if you join uh, the historic royal palaces, you can go to the Tower of London as often as you like, and it's fantastic. 
It's worth it. Just going for the for the tour, which doesn't cost you anything when you're in there, get one of the beef eaters, and they do a big tour every morning about 11. It opens at 10.30, 11 o'clock, I think, the first tour. And they'll tell you everything. Go do the crown jewels. If you're, if you're lucky enough to join, and you should join because it's save you a small fortune, uh, then you can go to the Ceremony of the Keys every night where they do the locking of the... Uh, of the uh, Palace Up. I'm trying to think what it was called, actually, now. Tower of London. What they the Tower Up. <laughs> Is it a palace? Well, it has been a palace at some point. They've had royalty stay there. It's just great. It's just great to go, and it's ours. And I always want to make a big point of it. There's lots of tourists there, but I kind of walk, walk through the tourists. Member. Member of the Royal Palaces, which is good. Uh, the Booker Prize is won by Henry VIII. Her novel reveals the intrigues and struggle for power at the heart of Henry VIII's court. Why are we so fascinated about Henry VIII? Why are we so fascinated with this fat, bloated, overweight man who we know everything about? We're just fascinated, aren't we? We're injured. We want to go to where he was brought up. We want to go to his palaces. We want to read his letters. You go down the British Library and they've got death warrants signed by Henry VIII. They've got his writing. His right. They've got his notes at the side of, of texts from the Bible saying, oh, I'm not having that, when he was arguing with Rome backwards and forwards. Not like nowadays, you sent an email. In those days, it was all handwritten and sent. It must have taken weeks to get there and weeks to get the reply back. And then you go around Hampton Court Palace and you think, he walked these corridors. Well, I say walked, probably waddled most of these corridors. But still fascinating. Still fascinating. Um, the pet pigs are better than dogs because when they die, you can eat it. I don't think, Declan, that's the idea. We don't, we don't, we don't want to eat these. They're only tiny. Little, little, I promise you, 14 inches tall. Not exactly going to get that many rashes of bacon off. And also, you couldn't eat a pet, could you? I mean, it, well, I mean, some people could. I absolutely couldn't. When our budgie died, it was straight in the bin. LBC 97.3. Steve Allen. 26 minutes to seven for, for clock watchers. Alex says, the newsroom can't be bothered to take this seriously. Well, to be, uh, shall I just go now? Well. Is there any this, point in this? I mean, govern yesterday, mm-hmm. third. Oh, well, that's good. But it's not. You're not winning any money. Out of how many? Seven. Hmm. Top half again? Uh, sorry? Top half. Top half. Yeah, well, in fact, not as bad as Alex. His zero money was zero money. His <laughs> was fifth out of eight running. There you go. You see? Yeah, but he, he has had some big winners. That was... Yeah, he had one lucky fluke that wiped oh, out his losses. Oh, I think you'll find it. It's a bit more than luck. I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, that's fighting talk now. I mean, frankly, I mean, your, your, your forfeits have now become even more... Of a, of a worry to me. As I said I think, yesterday, we're going for the 200. I, th- I think cage fighting for you by Christmas. <laughs> because everybody in the papers today is a cage fighter. Yes. Cross dressing cage fighter. Cross dressing cage fighter. Every time you actually look at them, they go, and so and so is a cage fighter out on a stag do, but mm. dressed as a woman. You think, that's because they're all woolies, aren't they? <laughs> they're all out there, all dressing up in women's clothing, and go, yeah, but we're a cage fighter, so be, be scared. Mm. So I've now advocated they all join the police force. Make it a lot easier. Yeah. Uh, you've lost two pounds anyway. Oh, I'm nothing, taking that away it? from you. Well, it might not be nothing to you. It was £86.78 in debt to the bank. Letter, right. You know, by return of post, please, will you send a remittance? Do not write out any more cheques. And, uh, and Alex's is £9.62. The Tories say we're drowning in a sea of debt. I, I, know, I know what they mean. I, do you know, I turned on the television this morning and they've managed to get rid of uh, most of these ghastly quizzes overnight where they yes. go, you know, guess the yes. item in a handbag. Yes. Instead, they, they, they've now replaced it with some of the same lame presenters, this time wearing suits and evening f- f- frocks, doing live uh, roulette. Yes. Have you seen that? Yes. There's uh, hundreds of channels of them on Sky. Oh, 
It's Hundreds. absolutely dreadful. And for only £20, you can enter the game. I'm thinking, do you know, we've become a nation of gamblers. Mm. And, I mean, I wouldn't... You know, I'm not remotely interested, I'm afraid, in, in roulette on the television. I want, if I'm going to do it, I want to actually be there and see it. I don't want to watch a, a, a virtual kind of thing on the table with place your bets on this and that and some sort of half-brain bimbo walking backwards <laughs> and forwards. I mean, they had one on this morning. I think she thought she was doing perhaps some other sort of show because she did not have the gravitas that people who work in casinos have. Yeah. If you're, if you're a dolly dealer and you stand there and you twirl a wheel, you don't start injecting personality into it. The, the gambler's not interested. It, admittedly, it's probably not the most inspiring job in the world, just spending four hours in presumably a very small TV studio yes. spinning a wheel. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Some of them, of course, didn't make it from some of those other no. game shows. No, they're the good counts. ones. <laughs> they're the ones who, who made it. They yeah. were the lucky ones. Anyway, not taking away from the fact you owe £86.78. Today, uh, Alex is off to Nottingham, the 510, and he's picked custody. Custody. Uh, they also go at, at uh, where's he going? Nottingham. Nottingham. Uh, they also go at Exeter, Kempton and Toaster. I'm going with the 420 at Exeter. Cool friend. Cool friend. Mm. OK, like, like the sound of that. Yep. Could be another mince pie heading your way. Lovely. Wait and see. All right, we'll check for tomorrow. Lovely. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There's Matthew Schofield. So it's uh, custody, which is others as, as in cowardy, cowardy custody. No, probably not. Dear. 23 minutes to, uh, to 7. Uh, just been having a look at Google today, says Sarah. And today is the anniversary of the invention of the barcode. And as a celebration, the Google word has been represented as a barcode. Yes, I saw that when I went to Google this morning for something. I can't remember what it was, actually. I went to something and I was quite, quite intrigued by it. So there you go, the anniversary of the invention. Isn't it clever, the barcode? I think it's clever. I think it's fantastically clever. I love it. I absolutely love it. I think it's so clever. I don't understand it, but uh, I'm fascinated. Uh, 84850. Steve at lbc.co.uk. I've just returned to Hong Kong after a week in Europe. I was shocked at the lack of consideration for others, particularly in the UK, with so many people not covering their mouths and nose when sneezing. In Hong Kong and many other Asian countries, anybody who's got a cold wears a mask to protect others from contracting their viruses. Given the pig flu problem, I'm surprised at the lack of precautions people take. Surely the basics of covering your mouth and nose is drummed into kids by parents. Not round here. Have you seen the Jeremy Kyle show? It happens about people sneeze over everybody. They've got no, no consideration at all. I, there was, I was walking, where was I walking the other day? And somebody sneezed behind me. And my reaction all the time is, ugh! And I do, I say that quite, quite loudly, just to, you know, to make sure that they know, cover your, your nose. It's quite normal, isn't it? So there you go. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Um, another one here. And because we were talking about the Sharpay, and uh, and I had a, an email in from somebody who says, I work for the RSPCA. They are a fighting breed. Well, you must be the stupidest person working for the RSPCA, I'm afraid, because we know all about Sharpays. They were never bred. They were, they were bred to hunt and herd and then to fight. But because the dog does not have an aggressive nature, it had to be drugged before it would perform. And quite clearly, you need to be kicked out of the RSPCA if you're telling people they're hunting dogs. You're quite clearly immensely stupid because the Sharpe today is a calm and well-balanced dog, playful, energetic, loyal, and will guard its family from danger. They are like pussycats. It's a bit like James Max, only better dressed. And so that's it. But if you're working for the RSPCA and you're putting out information like that, you're a buffoon. You're a complete and utter idiot. Go away. Stupid people, honestly. They're lovely, lovely pets, and they love off uh, 
children. They absolutely love kids. 84850, uk. Uh, another one here. Actually, I'm not very happy with the way you're all reacting to these little piggies. They're not to be eaten. Then they're, they're little, you know, you wouldn't sort of get, get the dog out and go, oh, the dog's just died. I think we'll sort of have that carved over a barbecue. I'm not doing the same with little piggies, I'm afraid, either. Uh, Steve, you mentioned France and over-the-counter medicine. Did you know vet's fees are a quarter of the price in France and they put the cost on the bottle? Dog antibiotics, six euros. How can that be? I don't know, I'm not French. Uh, my old neighbour had pot-bellied pigs and when one dies, they made sausages and shared with the neighbours. Yes. Uh, Simon says, why are you so worried about men wearing women's clothes? Haven't you noticed that most women dress as men these days? Yeah, but the trouble is, you see, it's the cage fighters. It is only cage fighters who are cross-dressing. And I do find that that's a little bit, a little bit worrying, I'm afraid. Um, another one here. Uh, my early tip for the X Factor is Lucy the Welsh girl. Uh, I can't tell you uh, who's going to win. The, no, it's a black girl who's going to win. Absolutely a black girl. There's one who's got a fantastic voice. I can't remember her name. She's, she's got the shaved side of her head. That's the only way I can remember her. The side of her head is shaved, and I've, I can't remember who she's with, actually. I can't remember, but, but whatever it is, the moment I heard her, I thought, that's the winning voice. There's no, there's no two ways about it, I'm afraid. She is definitely the winning voice. 84850, steve at uk. Uh, another one here, very quick. Try and get through as many as uh, possible. I must, oh, I must just tell you, there was something I was going to mention at the beginning of the programme because I thought it was a joke. What is the whole country doing now, apart from learning how to cage fight? What is the whole country doing that people of my mother's generation did, and perhaps your mother's generation, but apparently they're all doing it now? Jerry Halliwell's doing it, so that you know it's a fad for about five minutes because Jerry Halliwell gets bored in about 35 seconds. Knitting. Knitting is apparently back again. It's helping us through the hard times. Jerry Halliwell is a knitting fan. As I say, for about five minutes, anything she does, she gets bored with, and so she dumps it. You know, dog, bored with, get rid of, you know. And so now you're all doing it. Now, I think that there's loads of people out there, probably Women's Institute, and there's a wave of interest in knitting circles. Arts and crafts chain called Hobbycraft say they've sold more than a million balls of wool in the past year. And I remember, do you remember wool shops on the high street where you would go in and they had all the, the thing with all different colours? And I used to think, God, isn't wool great? Couldn't knit for toffee. But in fact, a former, a former boss of mine, um, is it Rachel? Rachel's going to win. That's who's going to win X Factor. Sorry, I'm, I'm just checking just very quickly because I think she gets, although, yeah, it's in, a lot of people like Rachel. She gets, she gets good ratings. Candy Rain, I think. I'm not remotely interested in a bunch of ex-strippers, thank you very much. John and Edward, bunch of bozos. Complete waste of space. Every internet site, get rid. Every columnist, get rid. They're just being put in there because they're getting coverage. Look, 12%, 10%, 34%. Way down. Way down, I'm afraid. Just too stupid for words. Uh, Rachel, the winner. Lloyd, too young. Uh, Daniel, not really. It's going to be a girl. It's got to be a girl who wins X Factor. You know, follow them through... It's girls. Why? Because they're more great. You don't want to put a boy in there. John and Edward can't even agree among themselves, so get rid of. Miss Frank, I thought they were good too. I like Miss Frank, I'd, I have to be honest. I think the girl in the middle, the least attractive, has got the best voice. But I like her. Lucy, forget. Joe, far too camp. Ollie, no, oh, get rid of. Go back to you doing karaoke bars. Jamie, no. Ricky, no. Lloyd, too young. Stacy, God no. 
go back to doing karaoke and Dagenham, love, because that's, that's your best mark. They say she's had a haircut to look like Barbara Streisand. That's about as far as it goes, I'm afraid. Uh, so it's, it's Rachel. Candy Rain, 4X strippers, I'm afraid. Not remotely interested in that. And I don't think parents will want their, their kids buying into that one. So it's Rachel. You watch. Put, put ten pence on Rachel. Ten pence on Rachel. Don't put any more on that. But you can put a pound on, on people knitting. I don't know if you've ever knitted. They were trying to do it the other day on the television. It looks quite complicated, but my mum used to knit sweaters. Me and my brother, up until the age of about 15, had identical sweaters. My mum, once she'd done one, she did the other one. So we both got identical sweaters. And then, of course, you know, we had the, the obligatory scarves. Because a lot of people do scarves. And then a lot of ladies from the Women's Institute would do squares. And then they sew them all together. And they make a big sort of... I can't remember the last time I walked into a house that actually had a knitted covering on the bed, but I have seen a few and I don't want you to put your hands up or tell me because I don't really care um, people who put those knitted covers over the toilet rolls. Okay, now I know that some of you probably think that's quite attractive I'm here to tell you, it's not, it's naff and it's very silly. Don't ever do it Dollies on toilet rolls, not a good look News headlines, Matthew Schofield Sharon Shoesmith, the former head of children's services at Harrow Morning, everybody. It's uh, ten and a half minutes to seven. Ten and a half minutes to seven. We've now discovered who else is doing knitting. Cage fighters. Okay, not only cross-dressing and putting on women's makeup and wigs and stuff like that, but they're knitting. Perhaps they're knitting their next outfits. Uh, Chrissy says, "Why buy a dog when there are thousands in shelters needing a home? Well, you can't just go out, as you should know, uh, and just buy a dog from a shelter because there are reasons. Sometimes they're very damaged. Ask Battersea Dogs Home. I know everything about this." And they're very fussy who they give dogs to. You can't just walk in there at Battersea Dog Home and go, I'll have that one. They're going to vet you because the dogs come in from somebody who claimed to be a dog lover and then they've abandoned it. So many of them come with, with problems, which, you know, sometimes they can't sort out. They, they do try. I've seen adverts on the television. They go, oh, we've got so many animals at the moment. Please send us more money. I think that's the RSPCA at the moment. Although, judging by that last person who claimed to work for them, I can't believe the stupidity. But there you go. Uh, the biggest travesty on X Factor was Cheryl sending home the black guy got no idea who that is but apparently danny has got the uh the uh, the rachel and i think rachel is actually gonna she's got to win she's got the best voice and also you're not going to put a group through you know why you're not going to put a group through because you can make money because they'll all go on the album all these people you're looking at now will be on the album it's the same every year then they'll go on the tour so they'll all make a little bit of money but they're looking for one woman and I'm telling you, it's going to be Rachel. I can't see it being anybody else. The others don't say, they just don't seem to have the, uh, you know, there's no good saying, oh, I really want to be a singer. Because it just, just doesn't happen. Uh, Steve, there's a lovely shop in Walton High Street. They'll give you tapestry lessons. My mother had a tapestry frame, strangely enough, which was good. Um, Steve, what would happen to a pig if it came face to face with a dog in the park? I don't know, actually. <laughs> I've never thought about it. So, so, you just pick it up, don't you? Pop it in your pocket. Uh, so-called Judge Cheryl Cole-Steve saying the Pride of Britain Awards, her favourite event. Does she realise it's not just another event? Well, they do like those sort of things, don't they? And, uh, somebody says, oh, this is Sarah in leather. A little bit embarrassing having to tell us that, but she says, maybe you should apologise, constantly slagging off Irish celebrities every day. Why? Um, I don't know what, you perhaps you're listening to another programme, Popsy. She says, you wouldn't do this if they were African. I would if they were rubbish. Of course I would. You don't, you don't differentiate on things like that. You're a bit odd, aren't you? That's a little bit cracked. Uh, another one here. What about the three-foot-tall frilly ladies that cover the hoover? Says Gaz. I've got no idea. What are these things? Frilly ladies that cover... People cover their hoovers. This is after we mentioned that you can get these knitted covers that go over toilet rolls. And sometimes they're a bit like a doll and stuff like that. 
But um, I've never heard of three-foot-tall ladies that cover the hoover. That's a little bit worrying, isn't it? I don't, people don't, tell me people don't have that. People tell, tell me they don't do that. Um, Three-quarters of fresh British chicken is contaminated with a potential lethal food poisoning bug. Um, Campylobacter. Blacter. Eighty people die each year from the infection. I told you, there's a place in Twickenham, a fast food place, where for a week... A week! I had to take pictures of it, I couldn't believe it. The rubbish coming out of their bin was infested with maggots. Maggots crawling along the ground, thousands of them. We had to put down all sorts of stuff to try and get rid of them. And every day, because it was rotten food. Food that people buy. That time the council started going around checking on these places. Uh, Steve, a shop that sells wool used to be called a haberdashery. Well, it used to be, you always have the haberdashery department. And they would do wool and needles and, and knitting stuff and things like that. Kay uh, is Leonie Lewis a millionaire. She's a billionaire, Kay. She's a billionaire. Tony and Dartford reckon it's a little Welsh girl. No chance. No chance of her. No, she, she needs to go back to working in the office. I think so. Uh, more on the tight trousers. Uh, long black and indisputably trousers, but the similarity ends, according to the headmaster David New. He's ruled that the tight-fitting Miss Sexy branded trousers are unsuitable for the classroom. And to be quite honest with you, they are. They're far too tight for the little girls to be wearing. I'm afraid we're not sexualising little girls nowadays. We're stopping them. Uh, one parent says, my daughter looks very smart. Must be blind as a bat, love. I'm afraid we don't want to see that kind of thing. And if they're worn on the wrong size person, as I pointed out earlier on, it does look like two people fighting in a sack of potatoes, which is not very attractive. Uh, Elizabeth Taylor. Do you believe Elizabeth Taylor twitters? I'm not totally sure that Elizabeth Taylor actually sits there and, and twitters. I mean, I can't believe it, but apparently, according to the papers today, uh, she's told her fans, before you read it in the papers, I'm going in to have a vital heart operation. And, uh, and I just can't believe that Elizabeth Taylor has got to, got to grips with twittering. But there you go, I could be totally wrong. And Savile Row have, have now got a reputation. You know, they're, they're very angry in Savile Row. What they don't want is they don't want the people coming in saying, we can do you a handmade suit for £500. They say, this is rubbish. This is not a handmade suit. This is made on a machine. And they say a handmade suit is about £3,000. So they, they've decided to, to get rid of these vulgar shops. They don't want them there at all in Savile Row. So the Savile Row Bespoke Association has launched a kite mark to distinguish their suits from other companies which make their suits overseas but still use the name of Savile Row. Because all you've got to do is have premises. It's like most people think, oh, all the best doctors are in Harley Street. No, they're not. In fact, you'll probably find that most of the crooks are in Harley Street for the simple reason it's renting rooms by the hour. Anybody can set... I can set up today. I can go to Harley Street and set up the Steve Allen Cosmetic Surgery. And people could come down there and I could start cutting people about with no qualifications whatsoever. It's the only thing you can do that there's no... that there's a regulatory body, but it's not... Um, it's not anything that you have to join. I can just say I'm a member of the Steve Allen Guild of Cosmetic Surgeons and I can offer advice and take money from people. Phenomenal, really, isn't it? So there you go. So Savile Row, they're, they're going to tell people, because when it's got Savile Row bespoke, what they do is they take your measurements, fax it overseas, and back comes the suit. They're made in, in, in countries where they can afford to turn out a suit for 100 quid. They always used to say, go to Hong Kong, get your suits made, and they make them, they'll, they'll make them overnight and they'll throw in, you know... Spare, spare pair of uh, trousers and some shirts and some ties and things like that. But a proper bespoke suit made and handmade, hand-stitched by craftsmen is around £3,000. They only make around 7,000 bespoke suits a year. 
And these are people who would go in there and think nothing of spending 40, 50, 150,000 on getting their clothes made for the season. That's, that's the difference nowadays. The other thing which is in the papers today is the, the, the market, the black market, for wheelie bins. People are stealing wheelie bins. I wouldn't mind, but they only cost about 25 quid each. I've got no idea why anybody would steal a wheelie bin. But they do. And people take them and then they, they sort of... I suppose they sell them to other people. I don't know, keep thinking. We used to keep our, um, our sort of fireworks in there, I think. And carol singers bring out the Scrooge in Britain. Do you know the majority of you listening don't give money to carol singers? You know why? Because they don't sing. They go, they go ring, 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 good king. Ring, ring, ring. Good king wins last, last, last. Oh, ring, ring. And you get to the door and you stand there and they go, carol singers. And you go, yes. And they go, um, we've just sung a carol. You think, well, it's no good standing singing to a door, is it? Like Penny for the guy. Similar sort of thing, isn't it? Good. Ki- hark the he- Ring, ring. Hark the... Hark the herald. And they hope you've heard about four words. And then eventually they're sort of looking for money. But my money today, the story of the day, is Bridget Stevenson. Bridget Stevenson is, is brown owl of her brownie pack. And unfortunately, the guides want to get rid of her because they say she's too old. But all the girls love her and they want her to stay on as their leader because they like her. They say she's now too old to do it. That's the Guide Association. Although they have said that they are going to revise their retirement. And she's been ordered to step down. 20 years she's done. And they, all the brownies love her. So Bridget Stevenson gets our vote today. Do people still do the brownies? Answer, yes, they do. And they absolutely love it. And they want Bridget to stay. I'd love you to check out my uh, photographs of my fabulous holiday in Egypt. Go to lbc.co.uk forward slash Steve Allen. There's all the Steve Allen pictures on there. And you can laugh, use them as dartboards, practice anything you like. Kick them around the sitting room, I don't care. Just check it out later on today. Check out the podcast, that'll be with you uh, in a little while, and the blog as well. And check out all the other stuff on lbc.co.uk. I'm back with you tomorrow morning. I shall be chatting to Honor Blackman later on today, so you'll hear the results on a future programme. After the news, at seven, it's Nick Ferrari. We energy-saving light bulbs are perfectly normal. <laughs>